Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It is once again my honor and a gift to be able to preach on this special day in the life of our congregation. This is a day when our family of faith gets bigger. Our confirmation class was confirmed this morning at 9.15. They've been working toward this day since September, learning and bonding and growing together in their faith. And our adult new member class has been doing the same for the past few months. We give thanks to God today for all the gifts that you will bring to our community and all the ways that you will teach and challenge us to live out God's word in the world. It's very fitting that this milestone in our year together falls during a month in which we are celebrating together all the ways that our congregation shares in and through our generational differences. For our students and new members, Today is a day where we pause and recognize the time and commitment that they have given toward learning about our church, what it is that we believe, how we live together, and what it is that they believe. They have done this through the gift of presence and wisdom from many people in our congregation. Our inquirers have heard from teachers, leaders of the church, staff, and members this year, and our confirmants have been blessed by the dedication of their classroom teachers. They have spent time with other gifted members of our community who have taught them about the creeds and the beliefs of our church. And a few weeks ago, they were paired with mentors from the congregation, people who have been Knox members for a long time, and could tell them what this place has meant to them in their life's journey. Not only is our church based upon a principle of shared leadership, but our model of learning is as well. We learn in groups. We learn together, teaching each other what it is that we believe God is calling us to be and to do in the world. I have always thought that the passage we just heard this morning from Hebrews was a perfect fit for this model of learning. The writer of Hebrews, just before the section that we heard today, spoke about heroes of the faith, people who had lived and taught what it meant to be a follower of God. People like Samuel, Gideon, Samson, and King David, whose very names could have sparked inspiration in the ears of the people that heard them. For these are the people who have known and lived and taught and given of themselves all for God's purposes. We all have those names in our life who bring about similar inspiration and love in our hearts, don't we? Those folks who have taught us what it means to be a people of faith, who have lived out what they taught through their actions and their deeds, they have found a way to impart wisdom to us as a part of that journey. And that wisdom echoes on through our thoughts and words today as we add to the chorus for those who will come after us. It's really a powerful progression of faithful response to the message of God. And we are all invited to join in that community, 
because we have much to teach each other. Now, new members, it might seem natural for you to feel in this moment that you are too young or too new of a person, so teaching is not your role at this time. But I want to challenge that thought. Because you are not just the future leaders of our church, you are the leaders that we need today in this very moment. It is one of the things that I love best about the way that we do church. We don't really have a top-down model of learning and leadership. We're not told to think a specific way or follow a singular idea. When done correctly, this Presbyterian model asks you not just to sit in the pews or in classes and passively receive learning and teaching from people who have been here for a while, but to participate in guiding our church and teaching its people. You will absolutely learn a lot from the people around you. But your story and your experiences have a lot to teach us as well. My own story has had many of these moments that have been informed by the church. When I was a child, I would often come speak to our pastor Gordon about all sorts of things. Things like, how do we know the stories that we hear in the Bible are true? Why does our country practice capital punishment? And even things like, when it's raining outside and we move lemonade on the lawn inside, and it's called lemonade on the linoleum, what the heck is linoleum? You know, some of these questions were easier for Gordon to answer than others, I'm sure. But for me, as a child in the church, his wisdom came in the form of presence. I don't particularly remember him answering any of those questions in a way that transformed a six-year-old's world. But I do remember that his door was always open for me. That he is not afraid to put or put off by my questions, and really honestly seemed to like sitting with me as I wrestled through these things in my head. Sometimes, especially when there is no clear answer and no easy solution, wisdom can simply come in the form of showing up and sitting in the questions with people. The church and its people will be here for you with holy wisdom in the mountaintop moments of your journey. When you start a family, when you succeed in your profession, when you overcome an obstacle, or when you are hoping to find ways to do these things, this is a place where your family of faith will celebrate with you, offer you encouragement, and remind you that God delights in your joy. These moments of wisdom are very special. Because often we forget to seek wisdom when we are in the midst of success and accomplishment and happiness. Yet these are some of the times when I have received incredible, helpful words from mentors. And when people who have been able to remind me that God is a part of the gratitude that I am feeling. Most often, though, holy wisdom becomes of vital importance when the journey is not so easy when we are not on the mountaintops, but find ourselves in the valleys below with the destination not altogether clear. It's during these moments of grief or crisis or pain and confusion, we may have trouble seeing God at all in our situations. We may have something monumental in our life 
something so big that we don't know how to ascribe the name of God on it. I found myself really drawn to this connection point in our Acts passage today. Paul is on his second missional journey at this point and finds himself in Athens, waiting for his friends Silas and Timothy to arrive. And while he's there, he makes note of the extreme piety of the people of Athens, who have built many structures and statues and altars, all dedicated to different gods. But there was this one altar in particular that caught his attention, and it had an inscription that read, To an unknown God. Paul tells the people, What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And he tells them about the God who authored all of creation, who gave mortals life and breath, who is never far from each one of us. Paul looks at that altar, knowing all the time and resources and effort and emotion that went into making it, and yet still the people cannot find where God is in it. And he tells them, you see that? I know whose name belongs there. It is the God of all creation who loves you and me and who is never far from any one of us. You see, no matter what you're going through in your journey, it's very very likely that there is another person in this family of faith that has faced something similar. Someone who can offer you holy wisdom through presence and experience. Someone to point toward the presence of God for you in each moment. These are the times when God calls us out of a personal, private faith and summons us instead to share our faith journey no matter how scary or painful it might be, with a community of others who at times have also been flawed or broken and yet are still running the race set before them. God calls us to be in community for many reasons, one of the most vital being the support and wisdom that we can offer to one another along the way. I spend a lot of time in the car these days, And earlier this month on a trip home from Louisville, as I sat stuck in traffic outside the 265 loop, I heard a new segment that NPR had recently started called Been There. In these short, often less than 10 minute pieces, the producers of the show seek to pair up listeners who are facing a new endeavor or a new challenge or a new season in life with others who have lived through something similar. As they put it, they want to connect people at either end of a shared experience. Now, there's no host for this program. There's no moderator of the discussion. They just set up the interactions, and they record as two people talk to one another, letting the conversation go wherever it will. They have paired up a recent paralytic due to an accident with a man who was paralyzed for 35 years. They have brought together people who have lost spouses, people trying to make it as comedians, people who are new to serving on their city councils, and a man who got discharged from the army after 23 years of service with someone who had already acclimated to civilian life. These discussions can be funny or tragic, challenging and inspiring 
But for me, I think it's the vulnerability in the questions and the honesty and the empathy in the responses that really grabbed me. There was one conversation in particular that was striking. A woman named Kristen Daniels contacted the show's producers and told them that she was a 25-year-old who was considering becoming a Catholic nun, but was nervous to take the first steps. She was paired with Sister Donna Del Santo, who remembered feeling the same way and resisted taking her vows at first. Kristen began the interview by saying she felt a real tug on her heart about being a sister while at a Catholic undergrad event in college, but that as a senior in college, this didn't go over so well with her peer group at the time. She spent the next year volunteering with a group of Catholic sisters in Los Angeles, but she still had questions about the commitment, the process, the lifestyle. And Sister Donna expressed that she knew what this was like, having entered the sisterhood when she was young, and feeling many of those same questions in her process of discernment. Before she became a sister, Donna had spent years volunteering with the poor and running a health clinic, but she said she had this experience of God wanting more from her, and she thought to herself, you have got to be kidding me. Haven't I given you enough already? But the tug continued. And the two continued to talk through their individual journeys, finding many shared experiences and emotions along the way. And you can hear the excitement and the relief in Kristen's voice as Sister Donna reassures her that these questions and fears are normal. And that what she has found is you don't want those things to ever go away. You want someone who is alive and vibrant and loving and questioning and can offer those things to other people around them as they do the work of God. In that moment, Sister Donna became a witness to Kristen's journey. Though they only spoke for a few minutes and might not ever speak again, Sister Donna had a tremendous effect on Kristen, offering her the wisdom that was unique to her situation. And the conversation was done in an authentic way. As the women, women listened carefully to one another's stories with respect, so that the sharing was not simply giving of advice to someone else, but also listening and clarifying and reflecting. This interaction displayed how holy wisdom can often take the form of a listening ear or an open heart with another person, as opposed to just telling them, I, I know what you should do. And Sister Donna actually embodied both of our scriptures today in the short five-and-a-half-minute piece. Not only did her wisdom offer a witness and a guide to Kristen, but the women also talked about what gave them their greatest sense of calling in life, which was to work with people who were in pain. Sister Donna shared that she had worked as an HIV counselor in a jail for many years, and that when she was visiting with a lady one day, hearing about how difficult and painful her life was, the woman stopped and stood up and pointed at her and said, I know who you are. I know what you believe. And instead of retreating or reacting, Sister Donna sat down with her and told her, I know that I believe in you. And I know that I believe that your life is hard. I also know that I believe that God's love and our love 
are still able to enter into those very hard places. Kristen also shared with Sister Donna that she had experiences of showing God's love to people through painful situations. And these women, through their shared experiences, were able to identify that their greatest joy came from showing people where God's name is written, even in those hardest of moments. Friends, this community that we are a part of and that our new members join today is so very special, and even more so now that our family of faith is getting bigger. The holy wisdom offered by the people here will be available to all of us in our moments of triumph and joy, as well as your times of question and doubt. Your family of faith will accompany you in all your seasons of life. Their cloud of witnesses will speak through them and help to inform their journey and your journey, and yours will do the same for them. And in your times of grief and doubt, these are the people who will tell you the story that we tell each other each week here. That in those hard times, especially in those hard times, God is with you. That there is in fact nothing in all of creation that can separate you from the love of our God. It is the good news that is so amazing and so transformative that we have to come together and tell each other each week, over and over. We tell each other the story. And especially we tell each other in those moments that are hardest. And when there is something so large that has been built up in your life, something overwhelming, and you have no idea where God's name belongs on it, these are the people who through holy wisdom will be able to say to you, you see that? I know whose name belongs there. It is the God of all creation who loves you and me and who is never far from each one of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.